Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network NFL Recap Show. I am joined by my good friends, correspondent at large, Graham Haney, the Reddit extraordinaire, Chase Haney, the Kyler Murray superfan, Kyle Edwards, and as always, Wode Suave. How's it hanging tonight, fellas? You know... I'd love to just sit here tonight and just say how great I'm doing, how I'm on top of the world. <sighs> but Kyle Allen blew out his ACL. Mm. <laughs> my, my, my Washington Not football great. team's NFC East championship hopes are slipping down the tube. So I join you guys tonight. Pretty sad, pretty down. But how about you, Chase? How are you doing tonight? I hope you're doing better than I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just hope that it's a celebration of what could have been. Not a, uh, a disappointment yeah. of what didn't happen. So, man, I'm doing good, bro. Um, man, I don't know about you guys. We're all kind of uh, – man, we're getting, I, I feel like I'm getting in the Christmas spirit over here, but Thanksgiving haven't, hasn't even oh. happened. So, man, I, I'm just excited to get some rest. I feel like probably a lot of our listeners, uh, along with uh, with us, um, man, I think we're all a little exhausted, man. Um, just all the stuff that's going on in the world. So I enjoy each week when we get to just uh, – Man, talk about football and uh, just get to kick it, man. I feel like for a little bit, um, kind of the worries of the world kind of uh, seem to not be so big. So I hope we can bring that a little bit to our listeners. Graham, um, you're like a brother from another mother. Um, <laughs> how's it going? But, but, <laughs> but we're from the same mother. That's what I'm saying, so, man. <laughs> but from the same mother. Man, I, I'm kind of in a state of flux right now. Uh, yeah, For the fantasy football listeners out there, have Chris McCaffrey on my team. The shoulders hurt. He's gone for six. He was gone for six weeks. Comes back for a week. Plays fantastic, and then he gets hurt <laughs> on the second, the last play of the game. Ah oh, man, uh, I'm kind of in flux. Uh, hopefully, it's it's not season ending. Uh, but on the bright side, uh, Amari Cooper and the Cowboys have a bye week this week, so I don't even have to worry about playing him and who's going to be quarterback for the Cowboys. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I guess it could be worse. Uh, Suave, how's it going this week, man? Man, it's going good. Finishing up grad week, and I, I'm with Chase. I, I'm sort of ready for this Christmas spirit to come along and, and get y'all caught up on some injury updates and some fantasy football standout players of the week. How are you, Hampton? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little – Somber, y'all got me down with telling me how terrible y'all are. Man, we we got to tell you about how bad it was so we can just lift up how much we appreciate spending time with you, man. <laughs> well, that'll bring a tear to your eye. Hey, okay, if, you, if you bring that to me every week, I'm all for it. <laughs> so I'm here for. Oh, man. That's what you're here for. No, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, I do echo your sentiment. I'm ready for uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, Hopefully, you know, the start of a new a new time and hopefully get rid of COVID and all that here soon with vaccine coming out, you know, and mm-hmm. come on. Um, so I know y'all are ready to be out of school. Um, I remember, you know, I remember that feeling <laughs> when I was a youngster. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm, you know, Chase, like you said, I, I look forward to this every week and I can't wait to dive right in to – a really exciting week of NFL action. I mean, we're going to kick it off with the same team that we talked about last week. Miami Dolphins traveling to Glendale, Arizona, to face Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And they came out on top 34-31. to Now, if you listen last week, me and uh, old Kyle had a little bit of a disagreement on – uh, you know, the throwing Samoan himself, 
Tua Tungavailoa um, and his performance after his first start in the NFL. I took the approach of, you know, Miami got ahead quickly and then went ultra conservative. And Tua wasn't asked to do much. And Kyle took the other approach of what he saw concerned him. And he didn't know, he didn't know how viable of a starting quarterback option he would be. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you, Tua Tungavailoa is a star in the making. He threw for 248 yards on 20, 20 for 28 passing and two touchdowns with an 87.7 QBR. And add in there him run the ball for 35 yards on seven carries. He looked absolutely fantastic. Um, his best, well, his second best weapon, uh, Preston Williams is on IR now, but he got um, injured, I think, after the second or third touchdown. So the man was throwing to Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Malcolm Perry, and Durham Smythe, Mike Gusecki, and Matt Collins. I know you've all heard of them. And he still balled out on the Cardinals. Um, I think Chan Gailey did an absolutely incredible job of tailoring a game plan to fit what Tua does well. They threw the ball down the field a lot more, uh, did a lot more RPO-type stuff, rolled them out, got them on the move. Um, there was one one throw in particular to uh, Mike Gusecki on, I think, their first touchdown drive where he rolled out and threw a strike about 20 yards down the field. Um, and, you know, we can talk about all the stats and, um, you know, all that good stuff and how well he did. I think this is the most important stat, though. So Cameron Wolf is a beat reporter for the Dolphins from ESPN, and he had this breakdown. So when Tua was rushed um, – with four or less pass rushers in the first half of the game. He was 11 of 11 for 153 yards and a touchdown. When it was, when they brought more than five pass rushers, he was one of five, five yards. So that shows that he didn't really handle pressure that well in the first half of this game. But in the second half, he went six for eight for 65 yards and touchdown against the blitz and, you know, led a, game-tying drive after Kyler Murray had just scored 14 points in a row to pull ahead of the Dolphins, and Tua marched him down, I think, 91 yards. was five for five on the drive, showed his mobility that, um, you know, Colin Coward said the man doesn't have any wiggle. He showed me plenty of wiggle, um, you know, shaking Buda Baker out of his jaw <laughs> strap. <laughs> you know, Oswald's, uh MVP pick. Uh, he just showed me a lot. I thought he was very poised, um, very accurate, and showed everything that I thought he could be from watching him at Alabama. Um, I mean, I followed the kid since he was in the Elite 11 with Trent Dilfer, and he showed all the attributes, checked every box that I could have even hoped for. And you pair him with the defense, who they didn't have their best day against the Cardinals, and I think you had to attribute that to Kyler Murray just going off. I mean, he had 283 yards passing, 106 yards rushing, four touchdowns, um, but they made timely stops. Um, they got they stopped him on fourth and one um, to give the ball back to Tua to go ahead for the field goal to win the game. They uh, forced a turnover, uh, scoop and score uh, by Shaq Lawson. Um, and I think this Miami team – you know, I, I said it last week that they were built to win for the future. They're also built to win now, and I think they made a statement win on Sunday. So um, I couldn't have been happier with how Tua played and uh, how the Dolphins played as a whole. So, Kyle, I'm going to kick it to you. I know last week you had a little bit of uh, trepidation with Tua. Didn't think he played that well, which, you know, I, I would agree with. I don't think you were rational with saying that. But did what you see from this game change your mind on the trajectory of Tua's career? Man, I ain't believing this. I just had to sit here and listen to Hampton 
say, oh, two is a star in the making. Two is this. Two is that. Yes, sir. I do, re- I do remember last week's podcast that I said a couple times that I wasn't going to overreact to one game, but I did have some concerns. I'm going to yes, say the same thing here. I would be ignorant to come on here and say that Tua did not play well Sunday because he definitely did. He played very well. Um, but also it's just one game against a defense who is eh. – so, I mean – I want to see him play more more tolerable defenses, but Tua also has a luxury that someone like Kyler doesn't. Kyler f- must feel like he's back in Oklahoma right now where he's got to get 30-plus to win. Uh, when the Cardinals haven't scored 30 points, they have only won one game this year. So it's either Kyler, it's either Kyler go get you 30, 30 35, 40, or you're going to lose the game. Tua has – the Dolphins are one of the top scoring defenses. As you know, as you mentioned, Shaq Lawson, one of the top scoring defenses in the league. So Tua has that luxury going for him, something that Kyler doesn't have. Now, I will admit to you, Tua looked very good, especially in that fourth quarter. He, he That drive and the when he capped it off, thrown it to Kaseki on the right side in the corner of the end zone, it was a great drive. I'm going to tip my hat there. But I'm not going to sit here and glamour and say, oh, my gosh, he's this, he's that, just after one good game against a below-average defense. I need more of a sample size. He played very well. He's definitely – but star – Let's hold off on that talk just for a minute. What do you think about that? I agree. I might be overreacting a little bit. I might. But to say the Cardinals' defense is just meh and that they're not that good, I think is underselling them. They're one of the top defenses in points per game allowed um, in the league. They give up a ton of yards, but most of the time, like look when they played Seattle. Seattle scored 31 on them, I think or 34 um, they scored in the 30s 34 they scored 34 but when they got they got in the red area three or four more times in that game and the Cardinals turned them over and they did a they do a good job of uh letting you letting offenses go um down the field on them between the 20s but when they get in the red zone they kind of tighten up um I think Buda Baker's a really good player you got Patrick Peterson that you have to deal with they got a pretty good pass rush because I think they sacked Tua for four to five times in the game. Um, so I don't, you know, I think you're underselling their defense a little bit. And also, like I mentioned, Tua wasn't throwing to anybody that elite. Devontae Parker's a really good receiver. But other than that, he was throwing to Jakeen Grant and um, Malcolm Perry, who's a converted quarterback from Navy. And Kyler Murray has Chase Edmonds. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Chase Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about the backup running back? <laughs> the backup running back. Hey, Chase Edmonds, solid player, solid player. Um, but you know, Kyler has a lot more weapons than Tua has at his disposal, and I think Tua is just going to keep getting better and better because I, you know, I had a different take on the first game than you did, and the way. Um, I viewed how Tua played as when he when the game was in question and they asked him to actually try to move the ball downfield consistently and were aggressive in their play on, I thought he played well. And I just think this game was another building block onto, um, you know, in his progression as a starter. So that's what, I, you know, that that's kind of what I think on it. But Chase, you got any you got any thoughts or a question for us that you would like to ask? So, so I I got something I want to like I guess throw both of you guys this way. I, I think it okay. sounds like this talk is really coming down to we've got one more game where Tua looked pretty good, and 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 I don't want to jump on this too early, but I want to see if you guys can give me a comparison, and okay. and I want you to have the freedom to come up with whatever quarterback in the league that you think that he is around the same talent as, or he's better. Give me some kind of comparison. But, Kyle, I want to start off with you because you said something that really made me think about this. So I want to give you a name, and Hampton, you can answer this too, but the, and then you can give your own um, quarterback comparison. But okay. do you think right now, Kyle, that Tua is better or worse than Nick Foles? Oh, man. So you would choose a quarterback that I am not high on at all. I think, <laughs> I think Nick Foles is 
a very poor quarterback. Um, now, if you're telling me you're playing in the Super Bowl, your starting quarterbacks got hurt, you got two on the bench, and you got Nick Foles on the bench. <laughs> give me, give me, give me Richard. Give me Big Richard. But if you're telling me it's week one of a season and we're building a franchise, I think you have to go to a. Um, That's a no-brainer, yeah. Um, but I think if it's one game, gun to my head, got to win it, I think I'm going Richard um, just because he's been there and he's done that. But I do think Tua has more talent than Nick Foles, but I am also very low on Nick Foles. Um, do you, Hampton, do you what have... do you think about that? Or what, Chase? I was going to see if you just had a comparison yeah. in your head. Um, like I, Some people were comparison, like comparing him to like Russell Wilson before he got into the league. Some people said Drew Brees. Do you have a comparison that you like for Tua? Me or Hampton? Uh, we'll, we'll start with you. you. I mean, you go I, could, first. I could see a, I could see a little Drew Brees. Um, I don't I don't necessarily see Russ. I'll be honest with you. Um, I could see Drew Brees. Um, Hampton, what do you think? I think I think he's a more athletic Drew Brees um, with a little bit more horsepower as far as like his arm, which I know Drew Drew is not what he used to be. But Drew was never known for having, uh, like, a powerful arm. And Tua doesn't have, um, like, a, a Justin Herbert-type arm or a Matthew Stafford, Mahomes-type arm. But um, he has really good zip on his ball. I think he does. A, he's very accurate, as you saw um, in the game Sunday and even at Alabama. He, um, he's not only accurate, his ball placement is really on the money most of the time. Um and I think he can layer a ball. And what I mean by that is he can throw between um, the linebacker and the safety um, in between, uh, you know, a corner on the inside and a safety coming over the top. He can layer the ball um, probably with the best of them that I've ever seen. Um, the Russell Wilson comparison is interesting. I don't think he is the same type caliber athlete running as Russell. Um but his ability to skate um, the pocket and that his, like, quick twitch movement, I think, is what is really beneficial for Tua. Not his speed, but, like, his um, his quickness in short, intermediate spaces, I think, separates him from um, just your average Joe playing quarterback. What do you think about I that, wanna, Chase? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm still. Well, I was going to kind of. I was going to keep the conversation on Tua, but I had a. I had a question for Hampton. But if you want to speak back on that, you go ahead. No, I'll make this quick. Like I think that it's it's really interesting because I think we know that we've got another good quarterback in the league. Um, Yeah. What what I think I'm trying to understand, even looking at this like like coming up draft class with a couple of QBs, is like you you can obviously look at okay, who's the best out of each class and. Usually your mind goes straight to the first, like the, the number one overall pick. And I, I like, I look at Kyler Murray and I'm like, man, I, I don't know right now. And I'm going to leave it at this. I don't know right now if Tua is convincingly better than Kyler, but I know for a fact he's better than Baker. That's, that's where I'm sitting right now. And, and I'm going to stay right there just because we've only seen two games. We can't overreact, especially yeah. in the NFL. Um, Kyle, what were you going to say about the game? I was gonna I was gonna ask Hampton a question because I don't I don't know if he saw in the media they were asking Tua about his injury and Tua came out and uh-huh. said that I don't know if I'll ever get back to my old ever self. Be the same. What do you yeah, what do you make of that quote and does that worry you? Um, well, before I answer that, all I'm gonna say about Kyler and Tua, I agree you can't make um well I think Tua is gonna be a star in the league and I think um and I'm not saying He's going to win MVP, win a Super Bowl. I'm not getting that far, but I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. Um, and I think it's too early to compare the two. But Tua is 2-0 versus Kyler. Um, college, he beat him, and then he beat him on Sunday. So that's what I'm going to say. Um, and, yeah, you know, Kyle, that did kind of concern me a little bit because I don't know what he means by that. Um because I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I watched every set that Tua played at Alabama. And I hadn't – the Tua that I saw on Sunday, I haven't seen that Tua since, like, twenty early 2018, 
late 2017 to uh, um, before he started getting injured, um, before those high ankle sprains, like his legs were a huge part of his game. Um, you know, I remember the Tennessee game in 2017, him um, having a 25-yard touchdown on the draw and shaking the safety kind of like he did Buda Baker. Um, I remember the national championship game, uh, you know, that third and seven conversion where he gets hit, he spins out and gets the first down. Um, and a couple other, like, big meaningful runs in that game that when he started getting hurt, that took away that ability, you know, and he was less apt to it. Um, so I don't know, but, you know, like when he said that, I'm like, are you talking about arm strength? Are you talking about um, like confidence in your hip? Like, I really don't know what he was referring to. What was your read on that? Well, I kind of have the same read you did, but he had a couple huge runs late in that game. Um, I know he did. Yeah. Huge runs that, but I don't, I didn't know what to make of that. It's kind of like, Man, you only because that's that's honestly the biggest knock on him coming into the season. I believe I feel like most people are worried about his durability, and rightfully so because yeah. he was banged up at Alabama. So. But um, but man, when you come out after your second start and after you play really well, and you're like, man, I don't know if I can get back to my old self. I, I kind of am wondering about the mental side. Like you were talking about his confidence in his hip. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that's big because if you're if you're not confident that you can perform to the best of your abilities because of something that could be could be holding you back then I don't know that's worrisome to me I gotta admit I, that threw me off a little bit um but hey if Tua plays like he did last week on a consistent basis he's gonna be okay um yeah but yeah that quote I kind of had the same take you did on it that that worries me a little bit um but I guess we'll see going forward I mean only time will yeah. tell and hits will tell I, I got can I, can I ask you guys one question here's one one for you um do you guys think if the Dolphins were in the NFC West, do you think do you think they win at all? You talking about the division with the Rams, yeah, the, division, the Seahawks, Seahawks, yeah, Cardinals, yeah, because yeah. they whether you believe it or They're not, three and whether you believe it or not, or you've realized it or not, they beat three out of those four teams. Yeah, you know that's actually a really good question. Um, I mean. I kind of want to say, yeah, just because of, I mean, not recency bias, but they beat a good Rams team. They demolished a 49, the 49ers who aren't, um, who aren't that good of a team right now due to injuries. And then they beat the Cardinals. And I think if they played the Cardinals again, um, like if they were in that division, they probably split that get, split those two. Um, I think they split the two um, with Seattle probably. Um, and then I think they'd go 4-0 and against um, the Rams and 49ers. So, I don't know. Chase, that's a really good question. I'm going to say yeah, just because I really believe in the defense on that team and, um, you know, the coaching staff of Brian Flores and um, the team they put together. But I don't know, man. That's a great question. Kyle, I mean, what's your th- I'm thinking gonna, on that? I, I initially probably would say no. I think if you run the Rams game back, I think it's a completely different game. I think if you – I think the Rams definitely have a better defense than the Cardinals, um, and I think if you can make two of beat yeah. you more so, I think I don't think the game script plays out like it did again if they run it back. Um, and I think it's a completely different game. Um, I mean, you saying they go two and zero against the Rams? I mean, I agree with you. And another thing, when they beat the Forty ers bad, I mean, Fitzpatrick was a quarterback, so I mean, we can't really use that like if with two going forward. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know though. Uh, Forty. I mean, I'm not saying two and them aren't going to beat the Forty Nineers because they would. Their their whole team's hurt. Um, I do think that's a real. Yeah. I, I don't know if they do. Um, I think they're contending in it. There's no question about that. Um, but I, I agree with. I don't know. I I'm trusting. Give me Kyler. Give me Ru- like when I look at teams that are close. I've said this on this podcast before. When I'm comparing two teams mm-hmm. or when I'm looking at a matchup, if they're close in caliber, I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback. And I guess one good question would be, do you want Jared Goff or do you want Tua? Give me Tua. Give me Tua. Chase? I, I, I know it's games, but Jared Goff, um, I think, has consistently consistently shown, like, in, bi- in big games, he doesn't always play well, in my opinion. 
And I think he's very play caller dependent. Where, like, with Tua, you know, as I talked about, he doesn't have the weapons to throw to right now. Other than he's got one really good receiver, the rest are kind of bumps. He has a non existent running game. Um, to, so he doesn't have running back to fall back on uh, to kind of help him out. And Jared Goff has a good, he has two or three good receivers, three good running backs, a good O line, good tight end. Um, and I just think, I think Tua can do more with less. But, okay. Graham, you got any thoughts? Sorry, let me, oh, Kyle, Kyle wanted to bring me in on this, and I think I had a great thought, and then I'm going to throw it to Graham. When it, came, when it comes to Tua or Jared Goff, all right, let's switch them teams real quick. I think if you put Tua okay. on the Rams with a good defense and some really yeah. good weapons and a good, like, like offensive head coach, I would love to see that, man. I love seeing yes. Tua, Tua spin the ball, and it looks like poetry, and the same with the Rams' offense when it's really clicking. That would be a really, really good team. Yes, it but would. But I think if you put Jared Goff on the Dolphins right now with the weapons they have on the Dolphins' offense, I think he might be Josh Rosen. And I might be overreacting <laughs> a little bit, but I do not like that at all. I think that he's in a good system, and that's why he looks really good. I think he's extremely overpaid. But I'd really like to see two on that Rams offense. Graham, I'm going to bring you into – you can kind of come into this discussion, but then I want you to also kind of get back to, like, I really want to know, what's the quality of this Dolphins team? Like, I think we talked about this uh, – the, the NFC West, we talked about how they were like – like, they were all at the top. They were really top-heavy, like, when it comes to all the teams. Right now, they're looking like all these teams are really just in the middle of the pack. How do you – how do you see – and maybe the uh, the golf into a comparison, and also how do you think the the Dolphins uh, stand up as a team? Yeah, I want to just talk about the the Jared Goff thing first. Um, Jared Goff doesn't really win many games with his arm. Uh, if you look at the the Rams system, it's lots of uh, runs, play action passes, quick throws. Um, you're you're not really asking Jared Goff to make a lot of uh, tight window mm-hmm. throws. Uh, you know, as compared to lots of these other NFL offenses, um, a, a team like you said, Chase, uh, very is a scheme oriented team with Sean McVay. Um, you know, I, I think that other quarterbacks could come in and and play that system just as well as Jared Goff, or even better. Uh, I do think he's overpaid. You know, his, his arm's not going to win you many games. Uh, to his arm, it, it could win you games, but um, just going over to this Dolphins team, I think that, you know, looking forward, their biggest thing has to be their defense. It doesn't matter how good Tua plays. If they're, if this yeah. defense keeps playing like they do and keeping them in games, keeping it close, getting stops when they need to, uh, getting turnovers and touchdowns uh, like they have the past couple weeks, then Tua can afford to not be uh, a Drew Brees caliber quarterback. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the league for this Dolphins team to actually do something uh, in the AFC East, um, you know, the the better two is, I mean, the better the Dolphins can be. But uh, this team with uh, – I, I forgot, what's the Dolphins head coach name? I, Flores. Uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, um, a defensive guy. Uh, that That's the bread and butter of the Dolphins. Sign lots of guys mm-hmm. uh, to, to make their defense uh, better. And uh, when you look at it, that that's the key of the, the key of the Dolphins – uh, is that defense? This offense uh, doesn't really have all the weapons to make a uh, make you scared, make you lose sleep at night uh, if you're going to play them. But man, the the Dolphins defense uh, it, it can do it it can do that to you for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, if you threw Tua in with the Rams system, I think that uh, that makes the Rams a whole lot better. If you threw Jared Goff in the Dolphin system, I think that makes them a whole lot worse. Um, I'm not saying Jared. I, I don't think Jared Goff is as bad as Josh Rosen. Uh, I, Josh Rosen is uh, honestly the the best fit for Josh Rosen would be to go play for Adam Gase. Uh, There's two attitudes <laughs> that will probably mix together well. It'd be perfect for each exactly. other. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it it would be interesting. It, it's an interesting thought to to think of two in the Rams. But uh, yeah, I mean the the AFCS East is. Um, not all the way up for grabs, but the Dolphins can make a run at it. So it'll be interesting to see going forward. Yeah. No, I agree, Graham. Um, 
And I think I think we kind of hit all angles of this discussion. Um, I think Kyle, you do a good job of. Um, I mean, I know I know I, I'm you know I'm a big Tua fan, and I can sometimes get caught you know caught up in um, how good he did Sunday and be you know overreacted a little bit. Which hey, I'm fine with. That's part of being a fan. But you do a good job of bringing in, you know, bringing in some facts, you know, trying to humble me, bring me back down to earth a little bit. <laughs> so, um, but I do, you know, I do think the Dolphins team is poised to make a run. Um, and personally, I think they're the fourth or best, fourth or fifth best team in the AFC. Um, oh, wow. I think hot they, um, you take who? That's that hot take. Hot take. That is a hot take. Um, so I think I think they're a really good team, and um, they play the Chargers this upcoming Sunday. So it'll be Tua versus Herbert. Um, you know, we'll have that battle again. It was a battle pre-draft on who was better. Um, so we'll find out on Sunday, and I cannot. Wait oh no, I, I get to watch I get, that. I can one. tell you who's better. It's going to be the Dolphins come fourth quarter. I guarantee that the Chargers are going to give up a pretty significant lead, then the Dolphins are going to win. So you don't even really got to watch that one. Thank you, Chase, for uh, trying to conserve my time. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so with that, we'll kind of move on to the next game that we wanted to um, discuss and. Ooh, I'm telling you, I haven't been this surprised in an NFL game in a long time. Uh, the New Orleans Saints traveled to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers, and they put a butt whooping on them boys. I think 38 to three was the final score. Yes, 38 to three. 31 31 0 at half. Um, I mean, you blinked, and the the Bucks were down. Uh, twenty-one nothing or twenty-four nothing. It was just, I was, I was shocked, and I, like I said, I don't uh, normally get shocked by results, but um, the Saints came out to play, and the Bucks looked like they hadn't played a football game all year. So, Chase, I want you, um, I want you, Graham and Swab, to kind of spearhead this discussion. Um, I know we've talked about both of these teams a good bit, but. Did the Saints give the blueprint on how to beat uh, Tom Brady? Oh man, uh, this is this is fun, man. Because I I got a question that I really want to ask Graham because I don't know the answer to it. But I'm I'm going to answer yours first. Okay. Um, I, man, I think that one thing Sean Payton does is, dude, he I like I I love his team, like. His Saints teams come out the first half and can, like, it's, it's just incredible what they can do. Um, not so much in the second half, and I think you, you see this as well. Um, like in this game, that you know, they scored, you know, 30-plus points in the first half and then didn't do much after halftime. And I think that's where the mm-hmm. concern has always been. And, I, and I, I know this really isn't where I want to go with the whole conversation. But I think that's what you kind of see with the Vikings, man. The Vikings do a really good job of being able to, like, at least – like hold them in the playoffs. They always seem to play the Saints uh, well. Play like hold them in the first half, and then the second half they usually run away with it. Um, but I love watching Sean Payton. It's like, man, if you have to, if if the Saints get the ball first, they're going to drive down the field and score a touchdown. And man, you better pray that you don't have to punt to them when it comes to your possession because you're going to be down fourteen nothing before the first quarter is even close to being over. So I I mm-hmm. think that's Sean Payton's scheme, um, but man, I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with Brady because I like I think like I, I I think Kyle is more high like I think he's higher on um, Tom Brady and I think that I am probably higher on Drew Brees not not just in, in general, but man uh-huh. I I don't really know what to do with it man I'm almost dumbfounded by how bad that game was for the Bucks entirely. And I don't know if it's Brady. I don't know if it's Bruce. What I want to kind of put the blame on, and it might be a scapegoat for everything, is to say that the chemistry is just not right there. There. And, yeah. and again, I don't want that to be a scapegoat. And I, like, I, I want to give you a little bit of where my, my brain is on this and where my head's at. Is they bring in Antonio Brown, and I don't think that he is toxic for the locker room. 
like I don't think that he stepped in there. And then when, within one week, they only score three points. Like I don't think that's what happened. But what no. I gotta think about, man, is that like what happens to the locker room when you keep signing Leonard Fournette? What like, dude? What about all the guys who kind of like Ronald Jones Jr.? Like what? Like what do you do with? What mm-hmm. do you like? Man, that's kind of my boy. You just kind of brought this guy in, and we don't know who he is, but apparently he's going to be over you. Like, man, like you kind of did my boy wrong. And then I think yeah. the same thing is kind of happening with I, – I, I'm sure Scotty Miller is probably a likable guy, and I'm not going to sit here and mm-hmm. say that A.B. is not as good as Scotty Miller. But, dude, I think that, man, what you see is that they're not – like these relationships that form on teams. And I think with this COVID year, it's been even, like, less so. Like, you don't have those good locker room conversations like you used to. So, it might not be as big of a deal, but I feel like, man, that always exists on these teams. You have guys that become friends, and, man, that's what really makes this, like, the season fun. But when you're constantly bringing in people, and all of a sudden they have a starting spot, I really wonder if these guys start having the mentality of, man, well, like, it it might be me next week. Or I'm not going to worry about someone else because, like, man, my job might be up for grabs. And I just think that that's yeah. not like that's not a toxic person in the locker room. That's just a really weird culture to kind of walk around. And you might have it, mm-hmm. it, it might be rubbing off. And what it looks like, what that looks like on a team is that people feel like they can't mess up um, because if they do, someone else is going to come in over them. I was really shocked by how uh, the Bucks defense didn't play like they did against the Packers. Um, I'm I'm just not really sure what to do with it, man. Um, were you about to say something happened? Yeah, um, can I, uh, you know, assert something about the Bucks defense while they didn't play Thanks, well? It's, be- it's because they came out and they played zone oh, yeah, yeah. against the Saints. And, I mean, that's like, you know, guarding LeBron James with um, J.J. Barrea or someone um, 5'10 or, or 6' foot or lower. It's not going to work. Drew Brees can read that zone really easily. And it makes um, the throws that he has to make simple and plays to his strength. What you do is you play man-to-man and you try to lock their receivers up and make him throw the ball down the field, not give him every underneath throw. Um, I think, like, as I think your point about Sean Payton um, having his guys ready to go, he thoroughly outcoached Bruce um, Arians and Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. They, they were – ill-prepared for what the Saints had in store for them. Um, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, I dude, I, I, I kind of forgot it. about them playing zone. And that, dude, like, Ben, you know what Michael Thomas is going to do, and you're going to know that if that if that happens. Exactly. Like, you know what they're going to want to do with the ball if, if uh, Michael Thomas is covered. They're going to want to drop it down to Kamara. Like, it's it's not – like, exactly. it almost blows my mind how people can't stop the Saints, but Sean Payton just does a great job of saying, I believe that – Kamara can make that that uh, linebacker trying to make that tackle. I can make him miss, and then a safety is going to come down and have to make it like an incredible play. And by then, we're already going we're already going to have our three or four yards. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty nice to watch. But Graham, I want to bring you in on this. I've kind of talked a little bit about the Saints, and and I'll be honest, I did kind of stay away from. I, I don't know what happened to the Bucks, man. But man, maybe you can talk a little bit to Brady. I I want to bring this almost full circle. Do you think? Like I, I, I don't even know if I can put this into words when I'm trying to say, but like, I, I don't feel like, like, is it was it a Belichick problem or is it a Brady problem? Like, did we just see that Brady's actually not like all that we put him up to be? Because it looks like his team's playing better right now than the Patriots are. But like, man, I mean, like, what do you make of all this, Graham? Do you feel like like Brady might have been some of the problem, none of the problem, all the problem? What What do you make? Did he get exposed? What What do you make of all this? I I definitely think that you can uh, consider both of those things. I mean, the the Patriots aren't really playing very well without Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers, and um, they lose they lose week one to the Saints, and then this past week they get absolutely. Uh, blistered by the New Orleans Saints. Um, I mean, Tom Brady uh, Sunday night looked like a 43-year-old quarterback. Let me phrase that. He looked like a 43-year-old. Yeah. I'm not even going to say he looked like a quarterback. Uh, just <laughs> the ar- That's harsh, Graham. <laughs> I like Tom Brady, but Sunday the arm talent wasn't there. He threw three interceptions, and when you look at these, you know, 
successful offenses around the league, uh, you don't have to be completely balanced, but you have to have a balanced attack. Uh, you got to be able to run the ball yeah. a little bit if you want to, or throw it a little bit if you want to. You have to be able to, you know, be able to be balanced. And uh, you know, the uh, Buccaneers, you know, running back Ronald Jones had three carries for nine yards. You Dude, had, they had you six had the ball to three game. times. Come on. Yeah. What did you have to say, Chase? No, I was just going to say they had six carries in the whole game. Yeah. Like, that's um, coaching. That's hard to even believe, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that goes back to your point, Chase, that you were talking about uh, how if you go down and punt to uh, – if you go down and punt, you know, on your possession, give the Saints the ball, you'll end up being 14 down. Uh, I mean, that that's exactly what the Buccaneers did. They got the ball to open the, open the game, and uh, they – Went three and out, punted to the Saints. Saints drove 65 yards for a touchdown. I mean, Sean Payton, uh, one of the best scripters uh, in all of the NFL. I mean, it, it seems like every week that, that they play, it, it's always uh, the first two possessions are very, very successful. They know exactly what they're going to do, and it just sets up perfectly. Um, I think it also helps that the Saints had Michael Thomas back. It, it's been since – uh, week one, I believe, since he's played, and um, he he didn't have you know one of these fantastic Michael Thomas games, but five receptions for fifty one yards. Uh, you know the the Saints just threw the ball around. Drew Brees just threw threw whoever was open. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of those were those underneath routes, like uh, Hampton was saying. Um, man, the 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 Saints looked really good, but the the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I think this was more of a fluke performance there. They're not a. The Saints aren't thirty-five points better than the Buccaneers, um, and you you could point a lot of fingers, blame a lot of things, um, coaching, offense, defense. I mean, I guess special teams wins the day. Maybe you you made one field goal, but I, I don't really. I mean, I, if I'm the Buccane, if I'm the Buccaneers, yeah. I, I I'm not happy with uh, anybody that played Sunday. Honestly, I mean. Uh, it, it was nice to have uh, yeah. AB come in there, um, but he had only three receptions, so um, it wasn't like he was a, a huge factor in the game. Um, but I also want to talk about your point, Chase, where you were talking about the culture of the Buccaneers and how they keep you know, adding pieces here and there and here and there. Um, I mean, the NFL is a business, and you got to bring in uh, the best talent you can and the, the p- players that you think can give you the best chance to win. And uh, – before the season, if you would have told me to pick between Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, I would have taken Leonard Fournette nine times out of ten. Um, I, who do I take, A.B. or Scotty Miller? A.B.'s got the – he's got some really high upside. Um, but it does kind of mess with the culture a little bit if people aren't, aren't sure whether they have a job next week or if, uh, you know, man, if, if I just fumbled the ball one time, I'm not going to be able to get back in the game. Uh, so it's interesting uh, – it's interesting to think of, but um, I think the biggest problem for the Buccaneers team was just the lack of balance. They threw the ball uh, way too many times, didn't hand the ball off, uh, hardly any. And uh, New Orleans held the ball for about 40 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So that's like two-thirds of the game where your defense is on the field and your offense is on the bench. Um, that gets the that gets Tom Brady's arm cold. That gets the legs, t- you know, the legs a little uh, lax, you know, sitting <laughs> down for a little bit. Um, and, and honestly, the, the Saints look good. I think I think they came to play. Uh, I, I'd also like to point uh, just one little point out there that the leading rusher for the Saints was Taysom Hill. Um, whenever Taysom Hill comes in the game, you practically know that they're going to run the football. So why don't you blitz? Why don't you, you know, stack the box? And what yeah. do you do? He, he rushes for fifty-four yards. I mean, it, it was. I, the Buccaneers look really – they look pretty bad this week. Um, I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it and say that, you know, the Saints just had you know a great game plan. I mean, they did, but, man, the Buccaneers just look bad. Uh, when Taysom Hill comes in there and mm-hmm. you practically know he's going to run it and you still don't stop him, that's just – that's hard to win any games. Not, not good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm honestly – I was disappointed by the Buccaneers – uh, more than I was surprised with the Saints, but I mean, kudos to the Saints—they figured out the Buccaneers two times this, you know, this year. Once at home, once on the road. So, 
uh, it'll be interesting to see and, and, in the NFC East how that shakes up. Do the Saints, uh, you know, stay at the top? Do the Buccaneers reclaim that spot? You know, I don't know. And that's what I was going to say. I, I think you might have said it, Graham, um, that you thought this was a fluke performance. And while I don't think the Saints are 35 points better, the Saints beat the Bucks pretty soundly both times they played. Um, and I think part of that is they have a defensive line that can get after the quarterback and affect Brady. And they got um, at least one corner who, when he's engaged, uh, Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore can lock down your best receiver. And, um, you know, Chase, to your point about the chemistry issue, A.B., I mean, Brady was having to tell A.B. what right to run every day to play. <laughs> he didn't know. Drawing it on the football. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was like it was like when you played backyard football as a kid on the playground. It was like, all right, I want you to run five yards and run in. I mean, literally, it was it was about that bad. So, um, I don't I don't know where the bugs go from here. I think they've been inconsistent all year. I thought they were finally turning the corner when they beat the Packers, and then they had um, they had one other good game after. Oh, they played the Raiders, then they played the Packers, or both were switched, and they played really good against both of them. I'm like, all right, they're finally starting to get a run, and then they go on Thursday night and lose to the Bears, and then follow it up with this performance. Um, they didn't play well against the Giants either, so – I think they have a lot, um, a lot to figure out, and you know, I think on this podcast we all picked uh, the Saint, or the Bucks to win the NFC South, and <laughs> yep. looking like we may be wrong on that. So, um, you know, just for full accountability. So, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, with that, I think we covered that good. Unless y'all have anything else uh, you want to add, I kind of have a quick question, real quick. Like so. It. Sunday was going to be the battle of the noodle arms, okay. right? And um, I was actually really looking forward to this game. I was really bummed. It was a blowout. But I saw this on Twitter. And I actually think I sent it to Chase. Yeah. I might have sent it to you, Hampton. I'm not sure. Someone tweeted out. It said, it said battle of the noodle arms tonight. But at what point do we value decision-making rather than arm strength? And I think that's I think that's a main reason why Drew Brees and Tom Brady have been mm-hmm. successful for so long. I mean, obviously Brady threw three picks and was awful Sunday night, but I just think that's an interesting point going forward. Um, yeah, Brees isn't the same quarterback he was six years ago. Brady wasn't either, but I think their decision making is what keeps them at the top of their game and is what helps them compete for Super Bowls every year. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to be throwing seventy yard rockets to win a Super Bowl. You know, if you're throwing 70-yard rockets with two interceptions, I'm taking the guy – I'm taking the other guy on the other side of the field. Um, that's just an interesting point I saw, and I kind of wanted to point that out. Um, doesn't really have to be open for discussion unless you'll have something to say on that. I just thought that's a good – Real, I never really thought of it that yeah. way. I was like, Ambrose and Brady, they're getting kind of washed. They don't have it anymore. But I think we got to start valuing their decision-making and overall experience mm-hmm. as a quarterback rather than their arm talent as much anymore. I. I think that's a great point, and I think perfectly kind of puts a bow. Um, I don't know why I keep saying putting a bow. I guess I am in the Christmas spirit. Um, but, <laughs> You're the one who started uh, it. I, I, oh, I know. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. But um, I think that perfectly sums up the conversation. Some praise for my boy Justin, who keeps hating on our Drew Brees, saying we're slandering Drew Brees too much. I had to give him his props. Shout out, Justin. <laughs> 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 all right, Bar- all right, Barkley. You know, I hate making a little comment last night too about it. But hey, we—I ain't denying that man has a noodle arm. I'm still stand by that. But your point about decision making, I think, cannot um, be stated enough. I think um, you're totally right on that. So, um, guys, with that, we're going to kick it to a guy we hadn't really heard from tonight because he did not. Um, watch any of the games, I think, this past Sunday. So, Schwab, before you give me your uh, breaking news slash injury report, um, do you have any thoughts on kind of what we've said so far? I do. Uh, I, I do believe y'all, y'all have clarified the Bucks and Saints game. Uh, both, uh, all of y'all put out, pointed out valid points. Uh, I would like to add one thing. Uh, do you think the Bucks problem? Uh, y- y'all can respond if y'all want to. 
could be the offensive coordinator they have in Byron Leftwich. Because you see that when Brady was at New England, they decide they designed a scheme for him where he would be successful. And then when Cam goes to New England, Josh McDaniels did the same mm-hmm. thing. Designed the perfect scheme for Cam to make New England do what they could. Adding all these new pieces. Yeah. With adding all these <laughs> Which pieces, ain't much. <laughs> he'd be coming in yeah. midweek. And then Chris Godwin out every other week. Mike Evans is iffy. And Scotty Miller and all these other receivers, could the scheme be the problem on why the Bucks did what they did last week? And this week, with the full week under practice, with AB being there all week, did they come out and just blow this team away they play this next week? That's all I would add. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll jump in first, man. I, and this is very simply put. Somebody deserves a good sit-down meeting with Coach Coach Bruce whenever you only run the ball six times. there There's just something – something's not clicking there. I don't know what it is. It might be the offensive coordinator. But when you only run the ball six times, and I, I got to ask – I got to ask some good questions to somebody. What do you think? Hampton. Uh, what I think, I um, I totally, I totally agree. Um, Bruce Arians is known for uh, an offense that pushes the ball vertically down the field, and Brady in New England was short passes, timing route, um, you know, routes over the middle, get the ball out quick, and when he does that, he's successful. But um, you know. In Tampa Bay's offense, old Bruce is, you know, telling him to um, throw the ball down the field. And like a team against the Saints, he doesn't have the time because uh, they've got a good, really good pass rush and they're getting to him. So I think the adjustment they need to make is um, incorporate more of that short, quick passing game. And I think Brady can – he's shown throughout his career that he can thrive on that. So that's my thoughts on it. Y'all got anything else? Or are we ready to move on to uh, Suave? Go to Suave. Go to Suave. All right, All right Suave, you got it, buddy. On injuries this week. Dante Fowler Jr. Calvin Ridley is out. Calais Campbell is doubtful. He's expected to miss multiple weeks. Uh, Roy Robertson, he's going under season-ending injury. Uh, the Bengals new acquired uh, outside linebacker from the Falcons off of him being released. Uh, he's out. Uh, Rondell Carter's out. Uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, is out. Joe Thomas, Devontae Bosby, Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle, Gardner Minshew, Doug Calston, Mitchell Schwartz, Sammy Watkins, Taco Charlton, Jordan Thomas, Kwan Williams, Adore Jackson has just been activated off the IR for the first time this season. Uh, Adam Humphreys, uh, Kyle Allen, and Christian McCaffrey is out. So, for fantasy football, uh, the top quarterback this week was Kyle Murray. The running backs one and two are Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, receivers were Devontae Adams and Richie, Richie James. Uh, tight end was Travis Kelsey. Uh, flex position was Tyreek Hill. The Ravens and the Titans tied for the top defense, and then the best kicker was Nick Folk. And then one interesting story I found was the Raiders have been fined half a million dollars for COVID sanctions for not for John Gruden not wearing a mask. He was fined one hundred fifty thousand, and then uh, just not wearing a mask. Uh, players attended a large <laughs> gathering, and then uh, a locker room person, unauthorized person, was in the locker room after a game. And the NFL took around their took out their two thousand twenty one sixth round draft pick. Come on, guys! It takes everybody. <laughs> my thing on the my thing on the draft pick. Like, <laughs> have they just taken that it pick does. out of the draft? Like, what's the deal there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, who does it go there? I don't know. To get a couple million bucks other than the Raiders, know. like the Raiders ain't gonna they can double right without a six round pick. You kidding <laughs> me? It gives one less guy one one less guy a chance to be Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> just lost out on the next Tom Brady. Good point. Good point. Suave, that was a great injury. Said they just missed out on the next Tom Brady. What'd you say, Kyle? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, Swab, that was a great injury report. Um, I almost interjected when you said um, that Sammy <laughs> Watkins was on the injury report. Shocker. Um, sorry, that man was on the injury report. <laughs> Him and Alshon Jeffrey. Always, always, always. Him and Alshon Jeffrey, I know. Um, so, with that, guys, we are going to introduce a new segment on the Trojan Tailgate Network. Are y'all ready? I'm excited. Sure. Sure. There you go. You're excited. Um, so each week, if we don't have like a main discussion question um, that we're going to that we're going to discuss at the end of the show, we thought it'd be a good idea to have like some hot takes that we give every week. If, um, if any of us have a thought that has kind of been, you know, materializing and we need to bring it to the group and discuss it. Um, this is the time for that. So, I've heard a little birdie told me that uh, Graham and Suave both have a hot take for this week. So, I want Graham, just briefly, give me your hot take um, and give me the rationale behind it. The little birdie, birdie told you right. I do have a hot take this week. Um, I watched the Panthers and the Chiefs, and the one thing I was thinking, offensive coordinator Joe Brady for the Panthers will be a head football coach next year, whether that's in the college level or the NFL. I mean, some some potential teams maybe South Carolina or Tennessee uh, for SEC. Um, NFL uh, could be, you know, maybe Jacksonville if they decide to move on. Uh, the Falcons. Uh, the Texans, uh, yeah. or even uh, the L.A. Chargers. Um, my rationale behind Joe Brady being an offensive coordinator, uh, right now he is 31 years old. Do you all remember a guy a couple years ago that was the uh, youngest head coach uh, hired in the modern history of the NFL? His name was Sean. Matter of fact, his name, was, his name his was name Sean McVay. McVay. And if you look around the NFL <laughs> – all, not all, most of the head coaching hires have been to try and find the next Sean McVay, and I believe that we might have just found him, and his name is Joe Brady. Uh, one interesting stat that I thought was um, just kind of interesting from, from Sunday, uh, the, the Panthers were 3-for-3 three three on fourth downs, and they scored a touchdown on all of those possessions. So, to me, that, that just shows me that Joe Brady is a clutch play caller. I'm not going I'm, I'm to sit here and say he's an offensive genius, but the guy knows what he's doing. And that is <laughs> mm-hmm. – He's he one knows, step short of it. <laughs> he's no Adam Gase. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Uh, if it – why I would hire him, he goes into LSU his first year, undefeated season, makes Joe Brady a Heisman – uh, a Heisman winner and the first overall pick. Uh, he takes the the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, a couple pieces there, you know, especially like Chris McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's been out most of the season and makes that offense actually look somewhat intriguing uh, throughout this season. So he's a win now guy that can do things uh, and he can use pieces that he doesn't always bring in. Uh, so that's what I, that's why I'm going as the hot take this week. Joe Brady will be a head football coach. Uh, next year uh, in 2021 suave what do you think about my hot take and i want to hear your hot take because uh i heard the birds are chirping and uh i'm ready to hear it i love the hot take graham and i am with you the the birdies are chirping that they've been right so far i i do like joe brady being an offensive coordinator somewhere else or even a head coach i mean for sure you saw you saw what he did with joe burrow at lsu just one season and you seeing what he's doing with uh teddy bridgewater in one season at the panthers and great great stat three to three on fourth down they all get touchdowns my hot take of this week is going to be anthony lynn gets fired before adam gase does the reason for this As y'all have mentioned it before, talking about the Dolphins-Chargers game, the Chargers are going to get up. 
in the fourth quarter. But somehow, some way, the Chargers are not going to be able to pull away and win the close game. And I think over time these past two years, you've seen it happen time and time again. The Chargers are 0-17 in games decided by seven points or fewer. Wow. And, and with the amount of talent they have on yeah. their defense, Ooh. and Ooh. them not being able to like win these close games, and, and even offense, something's got to give. It, they got rid of an old offense coordinator last year. They get a new one this year. You see what he's doing with Justin Herbert. The running back situation is iffy with Eckler being on IR. But they're still trying to figure out that second work, workhorse. The first week it was Joshua Kelly. That's not it now. Uh, it was Justin Jackson. He's out last week, and he's supposedly going to be out this week. All right, so they're bringing up people from the practice squad and Kalen Ballage, who – was a former Adam Gates player and balled out last week. He had 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. And then they also bringing up uh, Tradavius Pope from the practice squad, and they're trying to find that second workhorse as for running back. So I just don't know. I think the L.A. fans are getting tired of losing the close ones, and they want to start winning the close ones and getting in the playoff contention. And then with the Jets, I mean – Adam Gase is still under contract for the rest of this year and for next year with the option next year. I think that's where they're going to really decide. Because Sam Darnold still injured. He's still going to nurse his injury. Uh, he said in the press conference today, he's he's making he's declaring himself week to week as of right now. So, <laughs> so you make your own opinions <laughs> about that. I think I think. I I think it's a great hot drink, Suave. I mean, I don't know uh, what's wrong with the Chargers, but, man, it's like uh, the Falcons fired Dan Quinn and uh, the Chargers might have picked him up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's interesting to see. I think that's a good hot take. You can go back back to it, Hampton. No, you're good. I was just going to compliment you both. I I mean, I think both of those takes are really good, and I can see – both of them happening. Um, I think, Graham, yours is more likely to happen um, because which Adam Gase might be the head coach for the Jets <laughs> when I had my first kid in, like, 2050. I mean, at this point, incompetence, I mean, it might keep around forever. So I think both of those takes were really, really good. Um Case, do y'all have anything to add uh, real quick to those? I thought, I thought the 0-17 uh, was really interesting. Sure. It seems like every week I look at the TV, the Chargers lose by one in a heartbreaker. Yeah. It's like, man, how did they lose that game? Um, ultimately, yeah, I agree. Uh, I like I like them both. Um, and, yeah, Joe, Joe Brady, especially losing McCaffrey, uh, your can- best offensive player. I mean, you are you just get there and then you lose your star player for five, six weeks and you still are able to bounce back and have success. I like them both. What you got, Chase? Man, I was about to say something, but dude, I I'm just wondering. We, we talked about like Justin Herbert at Oregon, and some of the criticism that we like that we had about him was uh-huh. like just this kind of like I I don't know, man. I don't want to criticize him because I feel like he's played so much better than we like than we ever expected. Thought. But like at yeah. the same time, man, like that like clutchness. I just wonder if it's something that we saw at Oregon, and that's like. I, I, I'm I'm interested going forward because he he's that team just showed me they can't finish and 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 I, I think it's a man it's got to be somebody's got to take the blame it's got to be coaching or something like that but Graham I love your Joe Brady thing I mean I, I've I've heard that going around and I think his name's hotter than uh, Lincoln Riley right now which is impressive oh 100 percent it's hotter than Dave 100 percent I mean it's hotter than it, it's yeah he's really jumped up there yeah no I agree I agree. Um, and then for the final segment of the show, since we have a little bit of time left, um, our very own Reddit extraordinaire came up with a great idea. Uh, so each week, I think we're going to try to end the show with a rant, just something we need to get off our chest um, and tell the listeners, and then you let us know what you think on it. So, Chase, since it was your idea, you get the inaugural first rant of the week. You have 60 seconds starting now. I got a question for you, fellas. Do you know someone 
that has made is going to make twenty five million dollars no. in one year. <laughs> Not personally, no. This guy's name, I'm thinking of somebody right now in my head. His name is Philip Rivers. And I don't want to bash him too bad, but when you got so many children that when you look his name up on Google, it starts listing children and then it has a drop down menu that says that you gotta click on. You know you got too many kids. That's why he has to get paid that much. But I don't know if anyone else in the world saw this because the Colts have not really been a very fun team to watch this year. Their defense plays well, but, man, this guy has lost everything. I'm not impressed with Phillip Rivers at all, other than that he somehow is stealing this money from the Colts. And dude's throwing interceptions. He's making T.Y. Hilton look like he needs to retire. I don't know what they need to do with him. But if you didn't see his tackle, (laughs) his, his attempt at a tackle this week, you need to go watch it. I don't know if... This is worse than Mark Sanchez's butt fumble, but man, I I would love to I'd love to take a poll on Instagram just to see which one was worse. If you didn't know what happened, Philip Rivers drops back with all confidence, throws his interception like his gamely routine, game gamely ritual, and as he's running back to go and try to make a tackle against one of the best defenses in the league, as he's tr- getting into somewhat of like a decent spot to make this tackle, he trips falls on his face, rolls over, and as he's doing that, the defender jumps over him and he leaps and he reaches up and and does, I don't even know what this is, but just some kind of like grasping at air. And it it just, man, Philip Rivers, it's time to pack it up, man. Um, Dude, you've got... And time. Chase, that was well done. I feel better now. Well done, sir. Feel better. You feel better now. Five and three, baby. Like a lotus been lifted off your chest. (laughs) That's the only thing I couldn't get around. The team's hey. The team is. I mean, they don't have the problem that uh, the Chargers. Thursday will say everything. I mean, they're they're winning games. Top of the division, right there. Yep. It's gonna be fun. That will be fun. That will be fun, and. That will do it for this edition of the NFL Recap Show on the Trojan Tailgate Network. Please be sure to follow us um, on our Twitter and Instagram for show updates and the links to those shows. Uh, We're trying to be more engaging with our listening community by posting polls, by posting our SEC Pick'em that we do weekly. and we just would love to hear from y'all. Love to have some engagement um, with everyone who's listening out there. Um, guys, it was a blast as always. Had a great time discussing Tua, uh, the Bucks and the Saints, and then giving in some hot takes and a rant there at the end. So uh, for Graham, Kyle, Suave, and Chase, my name is Hampton, and we will be joining you again next week to recap another week of NFL football. Enjoy your Sunday viewing.